Oh gosh, being 18 and pregnant, like I was legitimately the after school special. I was exactly what they warned you would happen. I mean, I got pregnant on my birthday on prom night. The only time in my entire life that I did not have sex with a condom. How'd you feel when you uh, got the pregnancy test back? I was ready to throw myself downstairs. I was just like, not. I was not into it. But I also grew up in this evangelical, which is where I was kind of going with that, this kind of Christian household. So the, even the idea was just non-existent. There, there was no options. Oh, I mean, I went to Planned Parenthood to get my pregnancy test. And they were like, you know, has anybody talked to you about options? So I'm like, options? What are you talking about? I could never. But first, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the single moms, to the dating dads, and all the horny guardians out there. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. I salute all of you just trying to get your rocks off and also not kill a kid. I mean, truly heroes out there. Hey, everybody. This week's guest is Cassie Young Paxton. She is one of the co-hosts of the hilarious podcast, My Worst Date, which is uh, also part of the Glass Box family. Yeah. We had a fun conversation about, uh, you know, men's fashion tips, being 18 and pregnant and raising a son in these times. And we're going to chat with Cassie in just a little bit. But first, not even show dates. Can we just complain about? I don't even know if I should be complaining about or praising House of the Dragon. Just just when you thought there was enough incest in the Game of Thrones universe. It's just like every week the writer's room is testing the limits of incest fan fiction. Every week you have to sit there at the end of the episode and be like, am I okay with that? You're going to need an extended family tree just to like figure out the reason you're mad about one person betrothing another person on that show. It's crazy. I think House of the Dragon is going to do for incest what Broad City did for pegging and what girls did for ass eating. And like everyone's betrothing each other's quarter cousins. I (laughs) Whatever's clever. Hey, love is love, right? Or is it? I don't know. I challenge you. And your mainstream opinions on the topic. But don't challenge them so hard that you don't want to come see me do some jokes, folks. Uh, Show dates real quick. Show dates uh, tonight, if you're listening to this the day it came out. Last night, sorry you missed it if you're listening on Thursday. But uh, tonight, October 12th, I'm at Essence Bar on Atlantic Avenue. That's at 9 o'clock. Jersey City, October 20th, I'm going to be at Pet Shop. And Montclair, New Jersey, October 5th, I'll be at Pineapple Express BBQ clearly not a traditional comedy venue yet i am told there will be comedy there there will be gas money there and there will be a microphone and even allegedly an audience so i encourage you if you live in the montclair area maybe you taught me uh maybe you taught me seventh grade pre-algebra nicole if that's you right now get all the old nor republic teachers together come on out to montclair be very surprised by what i talk about come on out (laughs) it'll be fun of course, tomorrow night, uh, October 13th, is not a night you want to miss. 10 p.m. Eastern time. We got another hot movie night in the Champagne Room, our uh, Discord server. 
All of my Patreon supporters are invited to join us to conclude the Taboo American Style series. I'm not. If you want more information and details about what Hot Movie Night is, uh, I got a link in the show notes. According to one YouTube commenter, my intros are too long. We're back at that again. Well, you're going to get what you asked for. You want a shorter intro? You said it. Now it happens. This is what direct feedback. It takes one comment for me to entirely panic and change what I'm doing. You have power. Send an email. You can always send that email to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Can I give you all a quick dating tip? I, I, it's my show, but I'm asking you permission because one guy named Frederick referred to my intros as, quote, 15 minutes of nothing before getting to the actual content, end quote. So let me try to see if I can give you something that's actually usable. And this is primarily targeted at the menfolk, particularly menfolk who date more feminine folk. When you're on a date, I've had to learn this oh so many times. I keep trying to, but uh, being right is not that important. All right, Dave Chappelle joked once, I was right at an orgy once. No one fucked me. A fuck buddy of mine told me recently about how like she was on this date with this guy that she's, you know, been been seeing. And at one point the topic of male privilege came up. And he like very much had to clash on the concept. He was very defensive about himself, lowercase m man. When she's trying to talk about capital M men and how they can be frustrating the date, which he would very soon prove because then he gets into this, this super big argument about like male privilege and doesn't exist. And what about this? And I didn't do that. And, and she then had to explain the concept to him for like 45 minutes. And by the end of explaining it, like he did acquiesce. He did go like, oh, I, I didn't think about that before. And he's like, okay, cool. So can we like go back to, uh, hey, we're on this wine date. It's very, yeah, let's be fun and flirty. And then we're going to fuck. And, and she said, dude, I'm glad you learned something new today. But now I am exhausted. I'm going to need you to leave. Pick your battles. It's not always important to be right. I had a last minute date recently and in it, there were some opportunities where I heard the woman, I heard her be wrong about something. And I was like, well, she's wrong. I know I'm, I know I'm factually correct about this. I bit, I said, I said, my, she said her low line. I said my low line and we both let it the fuck go. So just a little tip, dudes, from the guy who kind of sometimes fucks for a living. Uh, being right is not going to get you laid. You might feel right. You might be right, but it's not doing much for your dick. And you know what ended up happening? She, call, she calls me. She's complaining to me about it. And then she, decide, then she travels an hour from where she lives to my place to fuck me. Pick your fucking battles. Before I get to this week's guest, Cassie Young Paxton, I'll do the quickest fan who appreciation moment. Won't spend too much time on it, but I do want to make sure I give a very special thank you to Yesenia Miramontes. Pop six squish uh -huh, Cicero lip shits. You know which one of those words is for you. And that's my way of just giving you a little something for yourself and saying thank you. For supporting the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. We love having you part of the community. And I very much appreciate your direct support. Maybe I'll even see you tomorrow at Hot Movie Night. Again, folks, Patreon is the absolute best way you can support me and the podcast and what we're doing here. If you can throw down $2, $5, $10 a month, whatever you can do, goes a long way with me. And I give you some nice bonus content in exchange. 
Become a member today. Support the pod that you love or that you at least really, really, really like at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash podcast. And I thank you in advance. Cassie Young-Paxson, again, like I said before, she's uh, one of the co-hosts of the My Worst Date podcast. It's a fun, flirty podcast with three hilarious gals talking about terrible dates and terrible dates in the news. You'll hear me on there soon enough. Let's go get to know the notorious CYP. Uh, so that's why I was like, I realized it. I was like, I'm not doing this again. Because uh, you oh, know what? No. When I have on Cassie Young-Paxton, uh. the man or podcast, she deserves good audio quality and that's yeah. who's here with me this week very smooth intro <laughs> it's in my writer actually i i said quality or nothing i'm out noise so. <laughs> yes uh yes cassie is uh one of the co-hosts as i said in uh what i think is going to be a patreon bonus episode uh she's one of the co-hosts <laughs> of the my worst date podcast uh it's part of the glass box family yeah uh, so yeah it's, it's nice to be able to connect i'm looking forward to to meeting y'all when I come out to LA soon. That's going to yes. be dope. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to stay, but I have a plane ticket. <laughs> You're like, I'll be there. I'll be sleeping in my rental car, but I'll be there. <laughs> I will be swiping on Tinder for a place to crash. And, uh, I'm not ashamed of it. No. I will Listen. earn my keep. <laughs> You're like, I'll do dishes. What? <laughs> I will do your dishes. I'll eat your pussy. You just tell me what I gotta Damn. do. And like I just a couch is fine. Hey. You don't even have to let me sleep in the bed. I just this is a fair deal. I'm I'm I like to consider myself for all my faults, of which there are many. I like to consider myself somewhat fair. Equal opportunity, Billy, is of actually what I have you as in my phone. <laughs> um so it's I'm I'm glad that it's working out in this direction because that would have been weird to have you on my phone that way otherwise. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, been, yeah. I've been put in as weirder things. <laughs> I'm sure. I've been put in as weirder things. I got an ex. Um, I don't know if you're over. Uh, I got an ex who like she had me in her phone with like emojis, but she would never tell them what those fucking emojis meant. To this day, I do not know what like sea captain sunshine heart means. I think we know what that means. I'm not a sailor. I don't know Aren't knots. You? I'm in my sailor. I don't know. I, one uh-huh. day I'm gonna grill her. <laughs> do you like do you like wet work? Like, are you into or not wet work? Wow, that's that's totally different. <laughs> <I would. laughs> I'm sure that's uh like murder. Actually, it must be a sex thing. I don't know what it is. I know, but right? It sounds like it. Yeah. She call you captain? No, like, <laughs> like there's nothing there, like because I'm I'm like somewhat intelligent sometimes, and so but like I couldn't guess. What these meant, and then like I saw the emojis. Um, she's Polly, so she had a live-in other partner, and I looked at like the emojis for his name. I didn't know what they meant for him either. I was like, I don't. Is a mystery. I was like, is this just? Are you? Are you fucking? Are you fucking hmm. with me? Do you just pick random ones and then you tell me there's a meaning? But there's no meaning. There's I don't nothing. Know. Wait, what would my emojis be? I, I feel like I need to know. I feel like. Billy. Well, the sunglasses emoji, not wearing sunglasses, like just the sunglasses, because like y'all mm-hmm. can't see, but she's got style on her face. Like half of her face is covered with the glasses <laughs> and the bangs. It's half style, half smile. That's what your face oh, is doing right now. Perfect. Um, so, so then it's the smiley face, right? Okay, great. Yeah, great. I think we, I think we got the smile. I think we got the glasses, and then like I don't know, maybe a microphone, maybe uh, maybe an art thing, maybe the scissors, because you're a hairstylist. I am a hairstylist. Yeah, I've been doing hair for quite a few years. It's uh, you know, yeah, 
Dude, I yeah, well I've made kind of a name for myself in in the hair community. So it's it's a weird thing, right? The hair community. So, I mean, it is, Everyone's right? Got it's a like community. the podcasting community. Okay. It's, I mean, it's different, I'm, right? We we all got communities now. I didn't I just yeah. <laughs> Listen, you got to find your people somewhere, make yourself a little family, a little home. I was adopted, so I'm like anybody's family if I call them that, right? That's okay. how that works. <laughs> so, uh yeah, no, I've I've been di- doing hair actually for like 25 years now and I I work with a hair color company and I do content creation for them. So, yeah, if I bet if you google my name it's going to be one of those random who knows what's happening mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll be like what is this the same person um also if you if you just google cassie young you'll find a porn star which is not me she spells cassie like i do c-a-s-s-i oh. so yeah check her out listen secure the bag get, how many get your money. how many podcast booking appearances have you missed out on because they reached out to her instead who knows? Ugh, who knows? i hate to think about it honestly and how many I porn mean, gigs has she missed out on because they accidentally reached out to you Oh man! <laughs> like all those booking emails you ignored, like that was meant for a person. Uh, <laughs> with hair, it, this is a touchy subject for me. Okay. Um, everyone's got preferences, but there are some sure. things that I think are kind of universal. Okay. What What are people fucking up with their hair when they want to look good on a date? I, I think that you know it's whatever it is. It, it should feel good. It should make you feel good. Um. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that should be it should be personal about how you feel. How do you feel in that look? Uh, and there's, you know, that can be different for a lot of people. There's a lot of people who are rocking mullets right now who I was like I'm like, "Well, shit, you're making that look good." And uh I never thought I would say that. <laughs> well, let me so. speak to the testosterone folks who uh who like the testosterone is fucking with the hair. Yeah. Uh whether thinning like mine or it's like going bald or the male pattern baldness. There's the there's the debate. Do you at some point give up and just go for the bald, or is there a way to yeah. make a little bit of hair look nice? Well, the big trick is anybody that has really thin hair. My husband's got fine thin hair, and it's thinning. Yeah. Um, he and he looks great with the, the amount that he's got right now, and we just keep it really nicely trimmed up and shaped up really well. But you can't use products that are too pasty. Mm. I'm sorry, are you hearing the outside? No, I just heard you say product. And I was like, I was supposed to have product. Oh, <laughs> well, that's the thing. You shouldn't use products that are like you shouldn't be using paste or wax or things like that because those things are going to make your hairs stick together, which only increases the the reality. Of, you know what I'm saying? Like it okay. makes it only more visible um, or it makes it more like, quote, obvious. Right. Like so. I would say stay away from like pace and things like that. I would recommend for guys to who have finer thinning hair to work with products that they put in their hair wet and then either blow dry in or kind of allow to to air dry in, but that are touchable that don't again give you too much separation. Cause otherwise, yeah, otherwise you're just like it's just an exclamation point on hmm. on the thing that you don't want to be the exclam you know. Yeah. Is is there a the threshold feature. at which a guy should just shave it all? Like the yeah, like whatever's think, left, just get rid of it. What what's the threshold? I think if you're seeing, I'm trying to emotionally prepare myself. Sure. I think that if you're seeing more scalp than hair, and I think if there's like a real noticeable okay. difference between what's on the side versus the top. Okay. Yeah. Like if you're at a point now, like you could probably just really clean up the sides real tight. You know. 
But I don't think, you know, and I think that's probably the best way to ease your way into doing a bald. I'm very nervous to do this, but this, let's just let's just go ahead. Get, get, let's get right. the opinion. This is this is from the back. Okay. This is the straight top. Yeah. And this is me. And this is me in front. How how dire is my situation? I from the front, not noticeable at all. Okay. Not noticeable at all. I mean, like you can tell, like you have a little bit of a receding, but it's not like holy crap. Okay. But but I think that yeah, it's probably time to start doing a little tight tighten up the sides Mm -hmm. you just don't want there to be like that huge difference between the sides and the and where it's thinning because you don't i don't think you have to be like cue ball bald Mm -hmm. but the last thing you want to do is look like you know dude from seinfeld what's his name (laughs) george costanza george costanza right where it's just like he's got like a mass of hair on the sides it's just (laughs) as soon as i started realizing i had thinning hair like in like high school college you know, I started like being like I'd go down on women and I'd be so self conscious <laughs> because I'm like they're, they're looking not worried straight about that. down. Yeah, well, I I made a habit of like cranking my head up, so I'm like, no, no, I'm going to make eye contact so they can't make top of the head contact. Oh my gosh! And see, that's and so then now there's like all these women with stories about this guy wouldn't stop fucking staring at me the whole time. Oh, he's just self conscious about what's not on the top of his head. That's all. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Are you a hats guy? Do you wear a lot of hats? In high school and college, I anywhere I was allowed to wear a hat, you saw me wearing this like dirty white Nike hat. And I oh. wore the same hat for years. Then like I lost it and I had to buy the I bought the exact same hat and I wore that shit and made it dirty again. Like I was a creature of habit. So like I was a hat guy for like high school and uh and much of college. And part of it was because people would make fun of me in high school. It wasn't like this back then, but sure. like, they would make fun, they'd be like I, had, I just always had thin hair. So they would oh, always say balding. And mm. I'd be like, but the hair's here. But, I, you know, so so then I got so self-conscious, I just started wearing a hat all the time. Yeah. And then I got the, in college, I would have the wings. Like uh. a cross player would, you know? I was like, oh, yeah. this is my look. This is my look. Yeah. And oh, then God. I grew up. <laughs> yeah, it's such a jockey look. The wings. Ugh, such a specific vibe. Did you also have two collars? Uh, I, I no, because I was too self-conscious to wear any polo shirt. I had body oh. issues from like, you know, a very young age. So they, they don't make Abercrombie didn't make shit in my size on purpose. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to try to shove all of this ugh, into two. Like I won't even yeah. do it into one. I'd wear one and be like, yeah, I'm not supposed to wear these. It's so I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because I think this is a really good topic to talk about, which is that body dysmorphia body issues like you know that 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 thing where you're constantly judging yourself against other people is not it's not synonymous with being a woman mm-hmm. it is it is something that you know and i have a son I, my son's 25 years old he's you know your son's 25 years old is yeah. richie the dad no <laughs> that, to make a callback to a piece of audio that the the free people can't hear uh yeah, don't- right. No, my first boyfriend from uh, high school when I was sixteen is not is not his dad. Okay, um, but uh, I'm just but to do his, math. Yeah, I was eighteen. Okay, when I had him, yeah, and so just a few years later, and and his dad is a really great guy too. Okay, not somebody that I should should marry when didn't, and but he's great, good guy. Um, but yeah, my son is you know, it's funny as a as a mother of a son is what I'm trying to get at is that is that you know. I saw him, you know, struggling with identity issues, with who he was. Um, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful that it seems as though Gen 
Z. We've talked a little bit about generations on that special bonus and for, you know, episode, but I think Gen Z's really the one thing that they're really doing so right is it seems that they're starting to embrace sexuality in a different way. They're, they're, they're embracing gender in a different way. And I think that you, your generation, my generation, definitely our parents' generations mm-hmm. were just, they didn't have the, they didn't have the vocabulary. They didn't have the uh, patience or empathy to go along with, with some of the stuff. So like, you know, my, my son has many friends who are non-binary. My friend has, or my son has, you know, uh, it's just, it's different experience. And if you have a Gen that, Z kid and they don't have a non-binary friend, like how cool could they yeah. actually be the yeah, way those right? kids are? Do, yeah. Do they even have friends? So the, yeah. the, the they's are yeah. like the coolest people in yeah. the early twenties right now. I mean, truly. But I, I think that, again, it's about having that vocabulary for it that we have now. But it, but to the point of like of, of, of worrying how we look and, and, and judging ourselves and, and trying to match, um, you know, some, you know, page in a book that is what you're supposed to look like is not something that, again, is, is something that only women deal with. This is something that men deal with. This is something that non-binary people, I'm sure, deal with as well. You know, transgender people. I think it's good that we're starting to embrace that um, people look different, that people yeah. have different shapes and that's okay. I, I remember, gosh, probably like five or six years ago, you know, as, as we were starting to see these Gen Z kids kind of come into their early 20s, like, you know, 19, 18, 19, 20, and they're, they're wearing like crop tops and, you know, just, and it's just so freeing Mm -hmm. to see like people being able to like just really embrace who they are what Mm -hmm. they look like and not worry about model image and 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 it's good to like strip away the supposed to's and all this and like oh this type of person should dress this type of way however there are still some wrong ways to dress i don't i think until seventh grade i only wore t-shirts and basketball Mm -hmm. shorts (laughs) <laughs> every day that was not correct um it, it was very and so it was it was sorry it was sweatpants or it was basketball shorts because i was afraid to wear jeans i was like oh. terrified they like tight clothes were not fun for me so everything had to be like baggy i wasn't trying to like then look good with baggy clothes like there no sure. matter how you want to dress no matter your style you can still make it look good Right? That's right. What I will say is that you did just describe my 25 year old's entire wardrobe, which is pretty <laughs> much just basketball shorts and T-shirts. But to be fair, we've been sitting in inside house for like the past two years and right. he's going to online college. So, like, yeah, I mean, that, that's fine when you're going like you're going to class, and you don't give a fuck. But I mean, like I'd go to a birthday party and I was trying to like, you know. There, right. there are some wrong looks. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are a few, but there are some. Uh, so it's like, I wanted to be comfortable. Cool. There's probably a better way to look comfortable. I, yeah, I yeah. Don't go to, don't go to a family wedding and you're, you know, shorts and a <laughs> yeah. basketball shorts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't get me started on weddings. My parents had to yell at me to get me in like a suit and tie. Oh. It was a whole fucking battle. Meanwhile, I didn't realize that once you become a proper adult, if you buy nice enough jeans and like a really expensive blazer, you can get away with like jeans with the blazer kind of and, and some yeah. kind of good shirt look at a wedding. 
you can get away with honestly, you could get away with an Iron Maiden shirt under a blazer and some and a good pair of jeans. You I know, love saying like blazer over t shirt. I love. Oh, I blazer love over it. T shirt. It's a strong look. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you have Listen, to you have to make the attempt. You have to be putting in effort. So it's not like oh, you okay. have to wear a, a button down tie. But like like if you're gonna not do that, like a button down and a tie is just a very simple way to look like you're trying, right? That's and if right. you're not gonna do that, then you have to maybe even try harder to make it look good, like look like you want a beer. I'll I'll tie this to sex parties because like if I have an opportunity to in an episode, I try. I'm in. To. Okay, yeah. so like. You can go to a sex party wearing like a nice, like nice slacks and like a button down with like the buttons open at the top or something. You can do that. You'll look nice. You're not looking like you tried to be at a sex party. Me, I'm just like, I almost don't. If I can't think of an outfit or a costume, I don't fucking go. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to look like the lame dude who didn't give a sh- shit that it's if, if you look like if you show up to the sex party in a lame outfit, I mean, you're just below the guy who came in khakis. And there's always oh. one. There's always there's one. We're like, oh, you're new. You're that's cute. Uh, <laughs> so so I just I think there's something about when you're going on dates, if we want yeah. to tie this back into like sex and dating, like putting in an effort, even if you don't want to be the the thing your parents think looks nice. Right. So. I, and I think women have access to a plethora of ways to, to do that. But uh, what are some like major mistakes you think dudes make in style when they're dating? I think you fucking nailed it, dude. Like, honestly, I think you nailed it, which is that try. Just fucking try. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Show up like you gave a shit. Like, I don't know. It'd be nice to look like, I don't know, just look like you took a fucking shower today. And like, I don't know, like got dressed like a normal human being. I I, I think that you really did. Like, I don't want it to look like you were just hanging out with your friends on the basketball court and decided to just meet me or you just came out from the gym and you just didn't take the time. I feel like there is a, is a shift happening too. like in general, like just this whole not giving a fuck thing. Like you just show up like we owe you something like your date owes you something like nobody fucking owes you anything. Like, and it's not about like a, uh, me liking you because of your size, height, weight, whatever. It's about you putting in the effort to make you at your size, your height, your weight, your look, look put together. That's you're absolutely right. It's, it's so has very little to do with the, the, you know, you know, your own personal, like, aesthetic height like i said all that kind of stuff then it has to do with just i don't know giving a shit about yourself and that says a lot i want somebody to show up who says oh i cared enough not just about you but about myself to actually look good Mm -hmm. you know put the effort in um but i think that there's you know I think it's harder, as you said, for guys um, to know what's, you know, trendy or what what they do feel good in. I, I, I suggest for, you know, guys, hey, grab grab a friend to, you know, try some things on, you know, get a Pinterest board. I know that sounds very silly, but like whose style do you like? If you if you were a guy, like whose style would you be emulating? Like who who would you want to dress up? If you could dress up as any human, mm-hmm. you know, and just be them for a day, whose skin would you rip off and wear? You know, See, like for me though, it was like it, I, it's not like I, there was someone's style I wanted. I was just like, I'm gonna bring pretty friend, like whoever I'm dating can kind of have a lot of influence because I don't care that much. I want to feel comfortable uh, mm-hmm. in what I'm wearing, but I'm like, do you think this looks cute? then these are the jeans I'm getting 
because yeah, you great. are the one who I most want to think this butt looks good in these jeans. <laughs> yes, so exactly. let's find the jeans where you think this butt looks good in them. And that's the yeah. jeans I'm going to get. And they're Listen. always from Old Navy. <laughs> Which is very fortunate because they're so affordable. Come they're on. They're affordable and they got that 2% spandex, which is crucial. And oh. then, you know, it's great. But yeah, so it's like, yeah, the, the putting in effort, it, you should not look like the sa- exact same as if you were at your fancy football draft. That's right. Do you have to, as a very stylish mom, do you, do you like talk? Did you have to teach this to your son in a way? Did he kind of just pick this up? Because he's got obviously you dressing the way you do. Yeah, I I think that I think my son definitely has his own style. Like I let him guide his own way ever since he was a kid. My, mm. Both my kids, truly. Um, I have a stepchild as well, gotcha. and I'm saying st- child because they are not binary. Um, but yeah, both of them have have always had their own style, and I think that there's so many things to get upset about. That's literally the least of them, as long as you're like appropriate for like the thing that you're doing Mm. um you know what i'm saying like you're going to school like you should like be covering all the important parts but like i'm not like i really feel like personal style is so important that you know like he'll he'll ask me for advice like if he's going like we recently went to one of my co-hosts she got married last year and you know he was like oh should i do this with this so he'll he'll ask me like but i'll ask him too mm-hmm. to be fair I, i'm also like i kind of use him as my sounding board as well like is these is this jeans make my butt look fat he's like it's not the jeans and i'm like that's so <laughs> rude um no i'm just kidding he's he's really like like i trust his opinion right. so it's a feedback situation but i don't i don't ever dictate mm-hmm. and i never did when they were l- little either like what they wear so and this might be a little, and one that must be easy for him because, like, cool mom, you just because you have you got cool mom vibes. I mean, like I said, oh, you got geez. those glasses and and you got those bangs, right? So it's it's just cool mom. My mom's Zoe Deschanel. Everybody, it's like right. It's, that's <laughs> that's a cool mom. But you know, it, it, this is a different time, especially where we're addressing capital M men, and <sighs> may, maybe that didn't start happening until he was in high school. What what's it like raising a man today? Mm. What kind of conversations Gosh. do you have to have with him that you don't think your your male Richie had to have with his dad? Yeah, like I, I yeah, I it's so funny. Um I think that the biggest conversations when he was younger was were mostly based around starting to see more gender equality. Uh, my my biggest thing, my biggest, you know, I, I guess conversation with him had a lot to do with um, what families look like because then you started, you started seeing more like uh two father, father situation, mother, mother situations, which um, and that for what families could look like, um, you know, and he, he was raised in two households since the day he was born. He's never had, um, you know, but I'm, so there was a lot of like that kind of like, uh, and maybe that's why Gen Z is great. Maybe that they were all we were all having these conversations with our kids at that time, and and why they're like you know uh, making sense and like this isn't a big deal. Like my son literally doesn't think anything of, like yeah, of course that's like, you know, of course they would have like two dads. Who cares? Like that's so stupid to even think about. <laughs> but, yeah. but when you think about like what my my parents were were talking to us about versus like you know like my husband's parents were talking to him about like it's just 
you know, it was a, it was a lot different conversations. Now I think it is so much more important to be having the conversations you're saying, which is men, how are you treating the person you're dating? How are you treating the person you're seeing? How are you treating your person in your, in your relationship? Um, and I think that we have to be having those conversations more than just about men with women. Mm-hmm. Um, because men, of course, you know, how they treat women, whatever is important, but we also need to be having those conversations about how men are treating men in relationships, mm-hmm. um, how women are treating women in relationships. I think that, you know, again, being a man, mom, <laughs> a dad, you know, mom of a yeah. boy, I'm always concerned that, you know, we, we, we often hear about how women are treated, but it's been this quiet underlying thing that just as many men are being abused or in shitty situations, whether it's at home or how they were raised and what they grew up in, you know, I, I'm not the only one who made it out of my house with daddy issues. You know what I'm saying? I had five brothers. So, you know, it's, you know, there, there, that conversation needs to include men in it. Um, but I think that it needs to maybe be led by women, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and did, you, did you get much pushback from him maybe when he was younger, um, when having those conversations, some of the like, come on, mom, any of that or? No, 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 not at all. Uh, I think I started very early with him having those conversations. How, how early? Probably like, I would say five, six, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of just being like, oh, you know, thing, you know, this is what relationships look like and it's they're all going to be very different and all humans are different and just kind of being more embracing of you know i think five or six is when they start to kind of acknowledge that there's differences between humans Mm -hmm. you know before that they're like this kid is kid this kid is kid (laughs) this kid is bigger kid you know (laughs) know, taller than me kid that kid that this kid that this kid that is king of the playground Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, but those are conversations you can have with children very young. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, well, gosh, you, we, we, we're hearing now, look at Florida, like these conversations about like, you know, what we can say, like, don't say gay, this kind of shit where it's like, this is so, it's just so repressive and regress, regressing backward and, and not, you know, it's just not helping anyone. We're not helping people here. And, and I think that, you know, as early as we can talk to kids about how we're, you know, how unimportant it is to, to, to think about those differences or to, um, separate each other from, you know, into little groups Mm. that to just experience humanity as humanity and not have to like, you know, overanalyze every little thing. We kids start learning empathy like about the same time they're learning to like fully speak and to read like, like five, mm-hmm. six is also, like you said, they can recognize dif- differences, but that's also like when you can best start to teach them empathy. Cause that's when they're going to be able to start to understand that like other people have feelings and those feelings are important too. And then yeah. oh, imagine if we were teaching the kids this a little bit more directly if we tied it into like bodily autonomy, like ask before you hug the new kid. Oh yes. my, then you might raise a generation of kids who respect bodily autonomy. Oh my, how much less rape we might have from that, yeah. from that group. Uh, yeah, what- you're absolutely right. 
I know this is something that like I have friends who have young boys and that's that is exactly where their headspace is right now. Do y'all talk to each other about like, hey, how are you talking to Jimmy about this? Well, I told Brad that like, is that like a mom thing to have a parent thing that happens? Um, It wasn't when I was younger. I will tell you having a child at 18. um, Made me maybe alienate myself. I don't want to blame others. Um, but I, um, I didn't have that like mom group. I mean, I was young, but now I talk to other parents just to see how they're doing things. Um, it's interesting. I, I think that, I think that I got really super lucky. I know I'm like, I I should not be the one who has a worst date podcast. I got really lucky. My husband is, um, this, the kind of guy who is incredibly empathetic. He is very, um, He's very, uh, very liberal. He's very um, women's right, pro women. Uh, he's. I always joke that he's more of a feminist than I am. I mean, he's very. Uh, he's no problems talking about his emotions. He talks about his emotions with his other guy friends. Wow. He's very communicative. I think these are the things that are going to be hopefully a new standard amongst. I hope, I hope men. so. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I got to, you know, again, I, I don't have kids. Uh, I can't get someone to stick around for two years. So, uh, you know, one thing <laughs> at a time. Uh, Overrated anyway. Come on. Ugh, I mean, kids. <laughs> I, I've, I've been with one person who's made me be like, okay, I think our DNA mixing could be a good idea. But, uh, but again, it was more like uh, I take it once at a time. Like, let's see a full congressional term together and then like maybe family planning. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't imagine, you know, 2018. Uh, Me Too movement starts hitting a, a big stride, it blasts out in a big way. And having, if I'm doing the math correctly, like having a son who's in college, who is probably yeah. sexually active and thinking like, look, we learned there, there were a lot of people who were monsters. We had no idea could have been monsters. And I can't imagine like having a son that age while that's at such a height of conversation. And did you ever have a panic of like, Please don't let my kid have done something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Absolutely. I think, though, that he got really lucky to have his stepdad as his stepdad. I think that Chris, uh, more so even than he got from me, and I think it's important because I think men speaking to men on the subject is so important. I think my, my husband, A, the way he treats me, B, the way that he speaks to my son about how to treat other people. I think that probably made a big difference. I would, you know, listen, I'm not gonna be like my son would never. I I, I don't know. I, I mean, you can never know how people behave behind closed doors and how they are when they're not around you. I would love to think that hopefully we raise somebody who, who, you know, was on the up and up was, you know, intelligent enough, but you know, we've all been through 18, 19, 20. It's, it's a tough time. Uh, to it's a tough period to grow through, and I, I do, I do, yeah. There's there's times where I'm like, gosh, I really hope we did the best, you know, I, that we did the right things to prepare him for these things. Um, and I think that's the best thing you can do as a parent is just hope that you gave enough information, enough um, importance to those subjects that you, you know, that's parenting. In a nutshell, right? You just do the best you can and, and hope they can fly when they get out of there. <laughs> do the best you so. can. Hope he's not Dahmer. 
And, oh uh, God. And then you just kind of let it go. I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> he hasn't had any uh, major head injuries, uh, no bed wedding that we're aware of. Uh, so I think that we have missed sure. most of the milestones on yeah. the, on the, <laughs> but fingers crossed. I mean, yeah. so, so you had him when you were 18. Yeah. Um, do you care to share a little bit more about like what that situation was? Oh gosh, being 18 and pregnant, like I was legitimately the after school special. I was exactly what they warned you would happen. Um, I know your last guest, well, the last episode I heard on your podcast was with uh, a a woman who was had come through the evangelical. Oh yeah, Gina. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, what a what a time. I mean, I think many of us can relate to that period because that it really took over the country, right? I mean, we had satanic panic in the eighties when we were well, like when I was a kid, and then it turned into I think this kind of big evangelical movement of you know people who were, you know, we need more God in our lives, and you know that kind of fear of God thing. And I think that you know, eighteen being pregnant. I mean, I got pregnant on my birthday on prom night. You're a prom night. Oh, that's yes. Wow. The only time in my entire life that I did not have sex with a condom, mm-hmm. the only time in my life I've ever had sex without a condom with like for me married, sure. the only time. Yeah. I mean, I was just, it was just literally everything your parents warned you about. Like, it, how'd just you feel? Foolish. How'd you feel when you uh, got the pregnancy test back? I, Full transparency, never wanted to have kids. Uh-huh. I was ready to throw myself downstairs. I was just like, not, I was not into it. But I also grew up in this evangelical, which is where I was kind of going with that, this kind of Christian uh-huh. household. So the, even the idea was just non-existent. There, there was no options. You know so, what I mean? So like nothing, I went, nothing went through your head. It was like, I am having a kid, I guess. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I went to Planned Parenthood to get my pregnancy test. And they were like, you know, has anybody talked to you about options? I'm like, options? What are you talking about? I could never. Like, God would hate me. You know, it just, it's so silly and foolish, you know. Now, in a 40-something-year-old brain to think about like that. But it, it is true. It is, you know, it's where your headspace was at the time. Now, I don't have any regrets. My son's an amazing guy. I absolutely love him. But, you know, like you you have to look at who you are when at 18. Was I somebody who was, you know, primed to be a great mom? No, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't primed to be a good mom. I was fucking poor and I couldn't wait to get out of my parents' house. Like the minute I graduated high school, I was in low-income housing. I had no furniture. I, we literally ate on my carpeted floor. Like, but God wanted that for me. So. <laughs> You know, so it's just, you know, I, am I saying that speaking to all 18 year olds who become pregnant? Absolutely not. I think there's people who got pregnant early in their lives and were probably amazing parents. I think that I, I turned into a good parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think I grew into being a good parent. I think that I probably shouldn't have had to. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you change at 18. That's why I was doing all the things I was doing in 10th grade. I told you about earlier, got all that shit on my system really early so that I could not do anything from time 18 on, you know? 
you and and one of those things that changes is your your dating life. <clears throat> yeah. Um, what, and I know you've you said you've already alluded to me to like you know yeah your twenties had had some frogs. Yeah. It was not making Oof. the best of decisions, and you have this child. And yeah. what's it like dating as a fairly young parent? Yeah, that was uh, that was something I was wise about. I will tell you, I I never my son never met anybody unless I mean we were really serious and my son was six by the time I met Chris so I was uh my my hoe phase was not very extensive but it you know I'd say a solid good five years but you know I I was really protective of that like that Mm. separating that like I was very much like if I if I was going to go on dates it was the weekends my son was with his dad Mm. Um, I got really fortunate, like I said, for my son to have uh, a second home in which, you know, he, we split, we had shared parenting. So we, it was a very equal back and forth. Um, so in that regard, I was very lucky. And I, I would say that probably rare situation, not many people are lucky enough to have a situation in which they can rely so heavily on the other parent to be there and be supportive. So, um, yeah, I, I I was fortunate, so I was able to really separate those two things. My dating life being one very separate thing from being mom. You know, did you ever did, did you have struggles with dating as like having a kid? Was did that get in the way of people wanting to go on a date with you, or even if you're even if you're just looking for some strange people act weird that you have a kid? They're like, I don't know if I want to fuck a mom. Like, well, I think that if I'm just looking for some strange, I think that. You don't need to know that much about me, do you? I mean, why? Why? You know, what I'm saying, like, is that even something we're having a conversation about? Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think that it, it definitely was more of a me thing than other people. Let me okay. just say that it was more of a something I put burden on myself of like, oh, I can't date because I'm a mom. You know, like I think that was something I placed more. Uh, that was a coat I was wearing. More mm. so than something that other people put on me. So, ki- I, so guys weren't running away when you would let no. them finally know you had a kid. No, and and I guess finally no means implies that I wouldn't tell them up front. But if uh. I, I was if I was just like if it was somebody I was interested interested in like going on a date with met and we were going to go out on a couple dates, yeah, you knowing I have a kid is very important. I want you to know that right away. But if I'm just out at a club and we're just going to get down to business, yeah. Uh. You need to know that much about me, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's never something I would keep secret from somebody I was really interested in. Yeah. And yeah. how did how did you end up meeting your husband? Clearly, it was not uh, a my worst date type of moment. No, it must have it's been a very good one. funny. Oh gosh, it's so funny actually. I um so you I am a hairdresser. I was I was doing hair then, um, and I was starting to do more shows. And so like when when you do hair shows and things like that, they want your headshot, and so. I had some friends at a local theater company um, when I was living in Columbus. And uh, I said to my friend, I was like, who do you guys have to do your headshots for you? And, you know, he mentioned this one guy. And then he was like, but we also have Chris in-house. He's our in-house guy who does photos for us. I'm like, great. I'm poor as fuck. I'm like single mom poor, right? So I'm like, perfect. I'm like, I'll go with your in-house guy. And he was like, great. So he introduces me to Chris in a brief thing. like, And and then I meet up with him. He does my headshots for me. And this is so funny. This is how long ago this is. I'm literally writing a check. 
pen out writing a check to pay for these folks there were these things called checks yeah um it was like Please. paper money you would write down a number and just, it's like, I it's promise I have this much in my, bank. in my bank account, but there's no phone so I can immediately show you. So it was just like, it was basically like yeah. a really, really firm IOU. Yeah. Strong IOU. Um, but my more? checks. <laughs> no, let's keep going. <laughs> so back in the day. This is, okay. So the other cool thing about checks is that you can pick your checks. <laughs> what was your cool. design? Yeah, so I had, I had an NHL because I was a hockey fan, and I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I had blue jackets. So because we're from Columbus, I had blue jackets checks, and I paid him with that. He's like, "Oh, blue jackets, you're a fan or whatever." And I was like, "Oh yeah," I was like, "I love hockey, whatever." Been to a bunch of games, blah blah. So then we talk sports. I'm like, "Oh, well, you had me at sports." I grew up. I told you, five brothers and a dad. Not a single one of them gave a shit about sports. They were much more motor sports type of of people at any rate i'm telling him this story like oh yeah we start talking about sports or whatever and, I, and he's like oh i'm a Bengals fan like we're going through the what who are your teams sure. right he's like oh i'm a Bengals fan i was like oh my god me too i was like i think and jokingly i was like i think we're gonna have to get married i think we might be the last two Bengals fans alive and then literally that was our interaction i didn't even bring it up again my friend who'd you know introduced me to him i was like i asked him you know i'm trying to be vague and coy i'm like oh so what's the deal with chris and he was like oh my god he's already asked me about you just invite me to the wedding is what he says right so <laughs> yeah it turns out we didn't though because we are assholes hey Whoa. i know i know not chill bro <laughs> no dude my husband was like no i mean like we're more like acquaintances and i was like oh shit <laughs> so fucked up <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the story. All right. Yeah. The uh, before, checks. <laughs> before we go, I you know the one last thing I do want to ask about the whole you know raising a son today is uh, yeah. when y'all did start talking about sex in a little bit more of a concrete way, kind of what age ranges are we talking about, and like what what did those not just that it's important to have those conversations, what did they sound like, like what kind of questions were you getting asked, what kind of language were you using? I um, gosh. You're gonna hate this answer. I, I, I did not want to talk to my son about sex. Mm. I, I had, like I said, I had daddy issues, and I was not in any kind of headspace to talk to um, a child about sex. Mm. I just wasn't. Um, and so I literally had many conversations with his dad. Um, so I had talked to his dad a lot about like having these conversations with him because I was like, I, I can't. I, I, I am not going to be good at this thing. And I'm just like, I'm going to be so weirded out. And I think that is kind of where being a mom son relationship for me was hard because he was the opposite sex of me and having a really uh, mm -hmm. having a conversations. I didn't have a healthy understanding of what those barriers were. So I put all the barriers up. Um, in in my relationship with my son, I put, you know, like I was like, I don't know what's healthy. So I'm going to block any conversation about it at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was a real protection uh, personally. And thank God he is a healthy, <laughs> normal human being who had great male supporters in his, his camp. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. That's a really sweet story about uh, about Chris and, and me and him with the <laughs> Bengals, which like I don't think that was a good time for the Bengals. I'm not, I'm not no. too sure, right? That's you why know? I said. <laughs> so it's like the good for y'all too. Uh, what was what was the best date you two had? Gosh, 
we used to do this thing all the time. Um, my favorite thing to do, I'm I'm very much I I grew up traveling a lot. He grew didn't. And so one of the things that we that we used to do when we were like early in our relationship was be like, just get in the car and go somewhere. We lived in Columbus, Ohio at the time. Yeah. And you know, you're literally three hours away from like five major cities, right? So you know, two hours away from Cleveland, Cincinnati, you know, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh. One time we decided we were just going to get in the car and go to Pittsburgh. So we, uh, we did, we just got in the car, just drove, got a hotel when we got there. And it was so fucking much fun. I love spontaneity. And I think that that anything really spontaneous, uh, you know, for us was just really great. Yeah. We love spending time on the road together. We love traveling together. So Who I think the for music? us, oh, man, here you go. You're, you're asking all the questions, right? Uh, we actually have a list of bands in which we really cross over. Um, uh, most of them reside in the nineties grunge era. <laughs> um, he's funny enough, more, more metal. I'm more punk rock. He likes jazz. I like the blues, but we both like Radiohead. Uh, so that <laughs> the last two Bengals and Radiohead fans. Hey, we'll take it. That's fine. We cannot possibly be the last two Radiohead fans alive. That's for sure. So good. That's uh, great. Yeah, no, Spane, super fun. Get in the car. Yeah. I love that. The idea of go to the airport, pick something on the board, go. Yeah. Like, we'll figure it out when we get there. That's Cause right. Because you know what's important, babe? It's you and it's oh, me okay. and oh, the be road. Like, okay, I gotta go. Oh, look at the time. <laughs> well i'm sorry being too sappy i've been told that before. i hate romance oh you uh, lost me oh we yeah, we, I, I picked up on that when you said grunge music okay oh perfect yeah um cassie why don't you uh go ahead and tell us a little bit about my worst date your podcast sure. that you co-host and and tell us where we can go find you on the interwebs yeah, absolutely. I um yeah, we my worst date podcasts, we are on all of the um everywhere you can find podcasts. You could literally ask, you know, Alexa to play my worst date for you. I'm literally hoping yeah. my Alexa didn't catch that, but <laughs> oh great. <laughs> I uh yeah, we're on all the all the podcast places. We're my worst date podcast.com. We have uh yeah, literally everything. You can find all the links there. Uh, we talk about your worst dates, right? So people share their stories with us. They write in, they tell us their worst date stories. And we also have a segment called Tainted Love in which we share people's uh, not so more criminal bad date scenario, right? So it's, uh, you know, you think you had a bad date. Let me tell you about Lisa Nowak and how she drives from Houston to Orlando with a space diaper on to confront, you know, her boyfriend's new lover. So yeah, so <laughs> it's that kind of stuff. But it's a lot of fun. Uh, I host it with uh, two very, you know, intelligent women, uh, Keegan and Christina. And uh, yeah, and you can find us everywhere. We're all over. We're on TikTok. That's where we like to spend most of our time. Mm. Um, yeah. And what's Tick the what's the TikTok? Uh, my worst date podcast. Perfect. We like to keep it real simple. Nice and simple. Not like me. Everything I have, different handles. Not my fault. <laughs> People are squatting on the others. Uh, you tried to do the Billy Presida everywhere, and someone was like, no, you may not. I'm going to do nothing with it, but you can't have it. And oh, I'm going to one day find that person and uh, give them a scolding. Uh, Cassie, this was very... <laughs> 
This is very funny. A scolding, you know, it's the same yeah. punishment for stealing yeah. my Twitter handle or committing sexual assault in the NFL. You know, you just get a mm, don't do that. A stern, uh, stern finger shake. Yeah. <laughs> a grimace <laughs> from Roger Goodell. Uh, Cassie, this was very fun. Thank you so much for uh, making some time. And I yeah. can't wait to uh, come on to my worst date when I'm in L.A. And yeah. but until then, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? I'll see you later. Cheers. I'm not going to front. I think I had New York Jets checks in the very, very beginning. My blood does run green and it runs deep. And also, how about that fucking win? Really, I if I can brag about the New York Jets, I feel like it's safest to do in the outro because those of you who actually love me will listen. And those of you who don't, well, you got what you wanted, Frederick Svard. And now you don't have to listen to me anymore. You know, so <laughs> but seriously, go Jets. I forgot what a winning record felt like. Oh, I that was just such an erotic win. And if you bring up the fact that it was against a third string quarterback, stop dumping cold water on my parade. Let me have this for now. And I appreciate that Cassie knows what it's like to cheer for an often bad team. So, you know, shout out to her. I, I hope you enjoyed this episode, everybody. Let us know what you thought about it. Share the podcast on social media if you're brave. Tell us what you thought in the champagne room if you need to talk about it more anonymously. Links to all that are in the show notes. You know how it is. Hot movie night tomorrow, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Come watch porn with us. And uh, before before I leave you, I gotta give a, I gotta give a congratulations to Shoe Booty. You know who you are. But Shoe Booty is one of our very active members of the Champagne Room, and she is getting maui'd. Congratulations on your engagement. I, I pointed out in particular because she proposed to him. What a bad ass! I love it. You can uh, you can read her story about proposing to her boyfriend in the Champagne Room, and to all of Fanhor Nation. I remind you to go forth and stay slutty. Do you go forth and then stay? Maybe that's not how I should say it. Maybe I should just be like, hey, to Fanhor Nation, stay slutty. Yeah, that felt better, right? I think so. I think that's good. (laughs) 